Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good morning and welcome to the Morning Sports Briefing, coming to you at 8am every single morning and getting you up to speed with all the latest sports news here on New Zealand Sports Radio. Hi, I'm Paul and I will be your host today. On today's show, we have the PFA says that pay cuts will hurt the NHS. USA are showing interest in Australian sports leagues and the Auckland Tuatara sign their manager for next season. To kick us off, we will take you straight over to the football with Steve from the Deep South. Good morning, Paul, and good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Football News today around the football world. The love is fading at hearts in Scotland. We have a complete round of football in Belarus. Woohoo! Even better. And firstly, it is, though, as Paul mentioned, someone has forgotten about the PFA in England. Yes, in a normal world of sport, there is a range of groups trying to achieve a collective goal while always trying to look out for number one, of course, themselves. Now, while the EPR clubs have been having meeting after meeting and struggled to find pay solutions, the players have been quite happy with the cuts that they've been doing, and they seem to be doing the right thing at the time. Everyone seems to be going along quite nicely, albeit slowly. They'll get the job done over in England. But then everyone kind of forgot about the PFA, the Professional Footballers Association, as they're called, whose job it is to represent the players and while one would think their job has been pretty well taken care of currently between the clubs and the players without their assistant assistance some bizarre news has emerged overnight on the, the story the pfa has been warning players over the last week to be aware, be aware of accepting this proposed 30 percent pay cut but now they've come out with a striking statement that the players cutting their wages would harm the NHS, which is the National Health Service in the UK. The union says that the wage cuts would see £500 million less paid and, as a result, £200 million less tax to the government. Now, the PFA comments seem wildly desperate for attention here, and it, it seems to have halted the talks that the players and the clubs are having about this pay cut situation. And the question I have is, what exactly is their agenda here with this task that they've set about? 
While the iron was hot, they've struck again and they've called out the league to increase its £20 million charity pledge as well. They've got the government involved, stating that they're concerned about the infighting between all these parties. And it just makes you wonder what the PFA were trying to achieve this. Is this the reaction they wanted to get? And I'm sure we're going to hear more from this in the coming days and probably weeks. Either way, it's not looking good for the players and it seems completely out of their hands now, uh, the decision over their own pay, which is just crazy. On to the good news, though, and it is actual football again. Yes, we're back to the completion of the third round of the Belarusian Premier League. It's completed only a few hours ago with the final matches taking place. So we had four matches on the Sunday and a couple just finishing off this morning. And there was a bit of something for everyone in this round. Saturday's action opened up with a 0-0 draw between the 6th and the 7th Shakhtar and Grodno team. Uh, the attendance there was 227. Uh, we'll get more on the attendance later on, so just keep track of these numbers. Game 2 of the day actually had some goals. Bate going up over Rule Brest. 1-0, a 7th minute winner to a guy with one of the greatest names I've ever heard or seen in football. Stanislav Dragon. That's, that's a, it's an amazing name. Absolutely amazing name. The attendance there was 470. A pretty good little turnout there for the great goal from Dragon. Ashwin's side, yes, Domino Brest. Good to see you back, Ashwin. And your team were up next at home against Slavia. And it was a massive road trip win for the away team, Slavia. Not your side, uh, sorry, Ashwin. 2-1 up. They got uh, in front of 546 people. The sad news is, though, for Ashwin's side, all the goals were scored after the hour mark. That's not the bad news. But none was scored by Domino Brest at all. Their own their goal that they did score was an own goal. So that just doesn't look good for the rest of their season at all. The final game of Sunday saw energetic thump Minsk. So that was the team that was top of the table. They've been thumped 2-0 in front of 250 home fans. And they have gone straight to the top themselves. Yes, they are the number one team now, just finished this morning a few hours ago was the final round. There's another couple of games. Uh, Smolovici and Verbisk were in action, and they cracked just the 100 members in the crowd. It was a 25th-minute goal that saw Verbisk grab the away win. And then lastly, Paul's side, Slutsk, were in action. They hit the road against Isloch, and it was a goal bonanza. Five in total and another away win. A 74th-minute penalty winner to Gaffar getting the job done in front of 210 fans. Now at the top of the table, Energetic are there. It's Paul's side who grabbed the away win. Slutsk, who sits second, and Minx, who were first, have dropped down to third. Although it's great to see football still being played, the effects of the ongoing pandemic is having quite a bit of an effect on the attendance, as you can probably tell through those numbers. Last season, the league averaged about 2,400 fans per match. In turn, this season so far, it's well down to just a shade over 1,000. So clearly a lot over half. And uh, a lot of people there obviously not keen taking the risk going outdoors. Finally, in Scotland, Aberdeen have joined the list of sides making their own rules with pay cuts. Staff, management and players all taking between 10 and 30% cut to their wages, freeing up over a million pounds for the club. But all things are not so rosy for hearts who are down in the relegation zone and are looking at legal options if they are relegated because of the shortened season. That is it for, oh, excuse me, from football today. Uh, have a good day, everyone, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Thank you very much, Stephen, uh, for, for your update, especially about Burrison League, and fantastic to hear that Schlutz got the victory um, just a short <laughs> while ago.
Handing you now over to Ashwin with our cricket update. Good morning, everybody. And uh, I think that uh, Schlitzwin sounds like it's a bit jammy anyway. So going on to our cricket news of the day, moving on from the soccer, um, Bangladesh Cricket Board have said that COVID-19 and postponed tours of Pakistan and Ireland won't affect their revenue earning. It seems information coming out of BCB, internationals aren't their major form of re- revenue. The most they get from uh, most of their revenue comes from tournaments such as the BPL, which is the uh, Bangladesh Premier League, and other uh, Asia-based T20 events. Mickey Arthur, coach of Sri Lanka, in an interview has informed us that he has been distributing individual fitness plans to the players so that they are ready for the resumption of play when that finally does resume, whenever that may be. Arthur has said he's sending out the work programs based on the strength and weakness of each player and to match their requirements. England has centrally contra- uh, England's centrally contracted players have donated £500,000 to the ECB and other causes, which equates approximately 20% pay cut over the next four months. And to match that, the centrally contracted women's players have also agreed to take a pay cut over the next three months, which will be in line with the coaches and support staff for the women's team. Meanwhile, back in New Zealand, well, sort of back in New Zealand, Sophie Devine, who's currently based in Perth, has said that she was taking her lockdown very seriously due to her autoimmune compromised situation with type 1 diabetes, which was diagnosed when she was 15. She was doing various things to stay mentally and physically fit, as well as ensuring to keep her diabetes as under control. While staying in a lockdown, oh, while staying in lockdown, sorry, Obviously, the Prime Minister of New Zealand won't be calling her an idiot, and unlike her Minister of Health. <laughs> and in Australia, Steve O'Keefe's career has come to an end after missing out a con- on a contract um, in to, for New South Wales. Steve O'Keefe played nine tests for Australia, taking 35 t- wickets, including 12 wickets in a match-winning performance against India in Pune. So Steve, there, I'll get it out eventually. Successful um, career, really. Um, had a lot um, in, in, in domestic cricket, as well as a few one-dayers and T20s as well. And finally, the organisers of the T20 World Cup, which will be held in Australia, reliant on COVID-19 developments, are not concerned with the clash of timing with what with the AFL and NRL competitions. They believe that they will thrive against those against that competition anyway. I think they're correct in the fact that the World Cup itself will draw in a big crowd. When we look at how the Big Bash has um, operated in Australia, they've got some fantastic crowds for those um, tournaments. And I think that for the T20 World Cup, people will still come to watch that with some class players turning up. Whilst those restrictions are... Well, sorry... Whilst they'll be confident about the crowds coming along for the T20, they are still keeping an eye out on developments with COVID-19. I'll let Paul finish his coughing. Hopefully he hasn't got COVID-19. <laughs> and as I said, they're keeping an eye out on developments of COVID-19 as there will be restrictions after we've started as, as life goes back to normality. Um, there will be travel restrictions in place, etc. And they're looking at other sports codes to see what's happening in those areas, particularly the French Open, apparently, they're looking at, and to see how they're going to handle the travel of um, players in and out of France, or obviously in Australia for their case. 
So, Paul, that's the cricket news, and uh, we'll see everybody tomorrow with some more. Thank you very much, Ashwin. And um, I thought I'd mute, muted my mic, so hopefully the coughing wasn't heard on the show. Um, moving on to uh, Stephen, <laughs> from, moving over to Stephen from the uh, from the far north, who will take us through all of the birthdays today. Thank you, Paul, and good morning, everybody. This morning, a dual rugby World Cup winner still playing his trade in France. An all-black hard man that played the game to the letter of the low. And finally, an all-black known more for his contribution off the field than on it. And that's pretty much where we're going to start this morning. Richie Allen Guy is a former New Zealand all-black rugby player and rugby administrator. Guy played 91 first-class matches for his beloved North Auckland at Prop between 1964 and, uh, beg your pardon, 1966 and 1974 and made four appearances for the All Blacks in 71 and 72. Guy also forged out a very distinguished career, serving as the chairman of both the Northern Rugby Union and the New Zealand Rugby Football Union. His chairmanship was especially significant when rugby went professional in 1996. In 2002, Guy was made the first life member for exceptional service to the New Zealand Rugby Union. In 2012, on the Queen's Birthday and Diamond Jubilee Honours List for services to rugby, Guy was appointed an Officer of the New Zealand Order of Merit. Born in Lower Hutt on this day, 1941, Richie Guy is 79 years old today. And I've got to say, his playing weight was 93 kgs as a prop. Now, one prop who wasn't 93Ks was uh, Richard Wiley Lowe, who's now a retired All Black, who played predominantly at a tight head prop throughout his career. He forged a uh, reputation as an extremely strong destructive scrummager. Also, Lowe's career spanned over 17, 17 seasons. Lowe also con- included a two a Super Rugby stints at the Crusaders and Chiefs in 96 and 97, respectively. He has also been a sports broadcaster on a Radio Live B-Sport and a commentator for Sky. Lowe made 49 appearances for the All Blacks between 1987 and 1995. Born in Christchurch, New Zealand, on this day, 1960, Richard Wiley Lowe, 60 years old. And finally, an absolute legend here, Jerome Kainal, as a former All Black rugby player, he still currently plays his trade in Toulouse in the French Top 14. The distinguished All Black, who was a New Zealand Rugby Player of the Year in 2011, signed off his career in the All Blacks jersey with 83 appearances between 2004 and 2017, winning two Rugby World Cup winning medals along the way. He also chalked up 137 starts in a Blues jersey, 57 for Auckland, 18 for Toyota Verblitz, and uh, currently he's sitting on 25 appearances for Toulouse. Born in Whaka'alu, American Samoa, on this day, 1983. Jerome Kainal, 37 years old today. Happy birthday to all of them. Hope they have their, a nice day uh, in the lockdown. <coughs> Moving on now to rugby news. Um, Australia, uh, the Australian Rugby Union and the Players Association had discussions yesterday and they were supposed to be uh, cordial and also productive they're going to continue their discussions going on uh, this week. It is good to see that actually, that we've had a reduction in the number of uh, articles in the press and, shout, and uh, now just talks taking place behind closed doors rather than in the media. The tone of the media has calmed down over the last day or so, but still uh, Fox outlets are sort of pursuing the 
their agenda against Railing Castle. Over here in New Zealand, news came out, oh, oh sorry, also news from Australia was that the payout for Israel for now was 3 million and not the 8 million that had been previously re reported. So 5 million down on what uh, was, had been suggested in the press previously, um, which shows that, uh, yes, the, that the talks or the reduction uh, the ARU managed to get in that case when they settled out of court. Finally, this side of the ditch in New Zealand, provincial unions have been guaranteed their payments for April, uh, and it looked like they were guaranteed their payments for the rest of the year, but there is apparently uncertainty about that after April. So it's going to be interesting to see how New Zealand rugby manages to trade its way out of this situation and whether they can keep funding the grassroots uh, as fully as they can. It's a quiet day in the rugby news, and so I hand you over now to um, Stephen from the far north again as he takes us through the league news. Thank you very much, Paul. Now, in tough times, some people, there are all investments out there who basically decide to step up and take an opportunity. In this case, the head of a major American investment bank has cashed up clients ready to buy Australian franchises and even entire sporting leagues that may not otherwise survive the, the uh, COVID-19 shutdown. Andrew Klein is the founder and managing director of Park Lane, a firm that specialises in helping high net worth individuals become owners of sporting franchises. The former St. Louis Rams NFL draftee has facilitated deals for his clients to buy and sell teams across all the major American sporting leagues, including the National Basket Association, National Football League, Major League Baseball, and National Hockey League. We have clients who are very interested in Australia, not just purchasing a sick team, but the entire league, as previously said. It's a great market that we believe in. We feel like there will be just not heavy Australian investment, but also a whole lot of American investment as well. Pretty crazy when you think about it. And finally, he just mentioned, as a firm, we're focused on picking different opportunities up. I can't say too much, but we are always... But we always keep a close eye on Australia. We are looking at Australian assets before the COVID hit, and we are interested. Now that there is, now that there has been some steam taken out of the market, we are even more interested. So uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that one uh, unfolds. Now uh, another story. Now just back on the back of uh, Super League news, we broke yesterday morning pertaining to Toronto Wolfpack coach Brian McDermott's comments on a possible format change. Fox NRL commentator Andrew Voss in the NRL tweeted uh, out this on Sunday evening. I'm convinced when the NRL returns, we must have four quarter football. It could be, it could even be that we have seen our last games with 40 minute halves. It is one of the only ways to add TV broadcasting revenue streams and maintain levels of right steals. So I guess guys, we this smoke there's fire. And speaking of stoking the fire, our final story, it's just never-ending. Fox Sport host and journalist Paul Kent has come off the long run, pointing the finger directly at the NRL for sending out mixed messages over CEOs Todd Greenberg's potential pay cut and players' cut. Unfortunately, confidential, confidential information was leaked by someone in and around 
Greenberg circle leading to potential pay cut disparity between players and top brass, which led to that speculation and accusation from NRL player Joey Leilua. However, Kent still believes Greenberg is still the man to pull the NR through these tough times. Talking of, talk about chucking some more petrol on the fire that almost died. Thank you, Paul Kent. That's our updated league news for the morning. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you very much, Stephen. And moving on to the general sports um, for, former, if you've been looking on social media, you might have seen former uh, Kiwi golf star um, Phil Tatarangi's um, amazing trick shot. What he's done is he's opened the front doors of a car and played a, and taken taken a shot and played a golf ball through the car. Uh, there is a man who's got some backbone and, uh, and missed all of the uh, the other windows. Um, in a triathlon, four women's international stars were taking part in, in the inaugural Ironman VR Pro Challenge race um, shown on Facebook. Miranda Carfee from Australia was going well in the cycling leg when her husband decided to bring some of her trophies into the room as motivation for her and kicked out the plug, um, put, taking her out of the race. Um, so there you go. She had a mechanical in uh, indoors. Uh, in, in that race, unfortunately for her, she was racing against um, American Joyce, jo- Jolene um, M- McCauley, Canadians um, Angela Neath and uh, Jenai Seymour um, of South Africa. In um, news, uh, back here in New Zealand, the Auckland Tuatara have re-signed Steve Mintz um, as their head coach for next season. He has been the head coach the opening uh, two seasons and last year led the team to the top of the North East Division. So uh, that continuity will be good for, uh, for, for, for the Tuatara um, in, in the upcoming season, which will kick off uh, in sort of eight or so months' time, or about eight months' gap between the two of them. News from Formula One. Zach Brown, the McLaren boss, says they need big, change, big changes to survive. They've already agreed a... Um, salary cap of 150 or, or a pay spend of 150 million um, per team. Uh, he's suggesting that needs to come down to 100 million. The uh, two of the three big teams, that being McLaren, Red Bull, and Ferrari, um, are understood to be see, seeing this as an uh, as opportunism by the smaller teams to reduce their advantage. Uh, apparently, McLaren of the three is on board with perhaps a, a, a reduction. Um, the other thing that they have agreed for next year is that they will have the same cars next year as well. Uh, he's suggesting that at least two teams are in danger of re- going, dropping out of Formula 1. And he points out that it takes a long time to set up a Formula 1 team to replace them. And so that would be very difficult to replace them in the short, in the short to medium term. That is your news from the uh, New Zealand Sports Radio. Do join us at 8 p.m. Sorry, 8 a.m. What am I saying? 8 a.m. every morning um, for the morning sports briefing. And this Wednesday at 8 p.m. is the inaugural or the first ever Do You Know Sport quiz that will be taking place as I, at 8 p.m. on Wednesday. So do join in for that. And if you would like to take part in future shows of that, then get yourself a mate, a turn two of you, and send me, drop me a line at Driving Mall or through the Facebook page or P-E-B-A-I-N-S, P-E-Bains, at gmail.com. Let me know if you would like to enter a team into uh, Do You Know Sport um, quiz. Thank you, everybody. 
and catch you tomorrow morning at 8am. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.